When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network. I'm your host, journalist, explorer of the weird, and occasional TV host, Aaron Sagers, currently seen on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Paranormal Caught on Camera. And if you were at Dragon Con, that's still where I am as we are doing this show, as you can tell by the lovely hotel uh, lines behind me, where at Dragon Con, we did a live episode of Talking Strange, and that was a lot of fun. And as much fun as that was, I'm really excited to talk to this gentleman today. He's, uh, I would say an old friend, old acquaintance, uh, and also he is a, I guess, three-peater on our Talking Strange show. He appears on Resident Alien, which airs Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi, and if you haven't followed Resident Alien, you should, because it is a show about a crash-landed alien named Harry Vanderspiegel, whose secret mission is to kill all humans until, over the course of the two seasons, he decides maybe he actually wants to save them. And the man residing in the resident resident alien is known for his roles in Rogue One, Frozen, Moana, Wreck It Ralph, the crowdfunded Con Man series. Uh, he also has appeared in Firefly, Dodge Brawl, 42, Trumbo, and Kata, uh, all over the place. Because a busy guy. And also currently the HBO Max series Harlequin. Uh, without further ado, because we don't want to give any more adieus, Alan Tudyk. Hey! Hey man, you have, you have, yes, you're talking strange. Yeah, let me provide I, the strange. There we are. You know, I feel. How are you? I feel. I feel like all future guests, we could make this an entire bit. It's talking strange, but all future guests, it could be me talking in front of window treatments to guests in front of window treatments. This is not a window treatment. Is it not? No, this is a wall divider, uh, made by Eames whatever it's a furniture designer it's not that big a deal uh it's it's just pushed up against this wall because it doesn't have a place in my home anymore things are shifting things are moving man it's just you get older things move around this might not be Eames. somebody's gonna write into you and say that's not Eames. it's the other one the other one it's the two names fact checking <laughs> room dividers wall dividers the yeah it's the I used to have a desk by him. Anyway, whatever. Uh, how you doing, man? You're you you've survived yet another Dragon Con. That's not easy to do. No, uh, you know I feel a little bit like Donald Glover and Lethal Weapon when I do these events now <laughs> because somehow I still end up quite uh, out quite late at night, and then I think I am getting too old for this shit. Man, man. The last but, one I went to, I did 
Dragon Con, and then I went to Toronto to do their Comic Con uh, because I was promoting some con man version of, I guess maybe it was season two. And so I had to just, I was doing both in the same weekend. And I l had to leave at 4 a.m. to get on a plane. I was walking through the lobby at 4 a.m. and it was still bumping. There was drunk people everywhere. There was a, and the true, when I say bumping, there was a, a like a doors open and one, some kind of room with lights are still going and oomphs is happening. And then out to where I got the car, there was a girl vomiting and a cop consoling her, but I, I'm not sure the cop was actually a cop or what, I don't think it might've just been another <laughs> like cosplayer. I don't know. I just walked away and it was much calmer in Toronto. I do, I do recall that because that was, I think that was my last Dragon Con because it took a couple of years off. Well, there was stuff happening in the world and then other things, but uh, that was an event where I actually, I, I was working with sci-fi at the time as a, a host and a producer. And I, I did your panel for Con Man. And yes. then I knew you had to jet set out of there to go to That's Toronto. Right, but, but Dragon Con is one of those events that <laughs> it's like you wander into the wrong room and suddenly it's, it's a party dedicated to some sort of Super Mario fetish. And it's like, well, there's Mario and Luigi and Wario and assless chaps. And, <laughs> and, and like the like, shining. That moment where that furry <laughs> looks up from the guy's lap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and yet and yet you're just like you know, yeah, it's like it's uh, Jack Nicholson at uh, at the end of uh, Chinatown. It's it's Chinatown, Jake. <laughs> it's, it's Dragon Con, Jake. <laughs> Don't try to make sense of it. But <laughs> uh, with that said, I I really have been enjoying. I, I I love the hell out of the first season of Resident Alien, and right. I've really been enjoying the second season. I know you guys aired a bunch of episodes, and then you took a bit of a a spring or winter hiatus, and now you're back and in full force and the world of harry vanderspiegel and patience colorado has gotten so much bigger and so the universe has expanded i guess yeah so uh, the 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 i guess the question with all of that is was that chris sheridan's plan from the beginning assuming you got the second season or was this like writers and creators deciding, oh crap, we have a hit on our hands. Now we've got to come up with more. We got to make more. <laughs> I don't know the actual answer to that question. I'm not in the writer's room. So I don't get to see how that part of the sausage is made. I know that it wasn't, it, it wasn't pre-pitched to me. So, so I hadn't heard about it until last season. As far as mm -hmm. you're talking about the portals and things, that that kind of thing, like where, yeah, yeah, the multiple. No, that I, I think that came about in season two. How it came about, like the actual, was it like a wait? I got an idea at four in the morning, or was it like a all right? Now we get to execute my plan, or I, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, I really like that image of the seabirds coming out of a portal and catching fire and dying. That was nice. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I, I think it 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 happened and it just happened in season two. 
this isn't uh yeah this doesn't come from a, a book series so they're kind of making it up every season mm-hmm. it does come from comics but the comics are different and we pulled, yeah, you know it's a different thing you've read them yeah different level of scope and and it and that's why when you do an adaptation this is this is a great example because you're taking the spirit of the world and then you're expanding it you know and, right. and showing the other stories that we can tell for you obviously you're a busy man and you are known for taking on so many different roles and this this seems like is this the longest extended role that you've that you've taken thus far yeah i i guess i had a, i had another role a little bit longer a while ago but he was a supporting role and it was uh, for suburgatory, but it was right. Uh, it wasn't that challenging. This character is very challenging in um, physicality and and just the, in the thinking of it, just sort of just getting your head around him because um, he's an alien and pretending to be a human and sort of what what does he know? What doesn't he know? What how how much? Because he's just learned he's learned emotions now. Or he's learning emotions like what? So where does that exist? You know, there a lot of it's up to me to kind of police and to stay on top of so that I, so some so if i don't if i'm not policing it i feel like it would go in different directions but i i have to be like i need to be kind of on focused i gotta stay focused damn it i I, I feel it that, <laughs> that's what they pay me for is for the focus not well the and you have to stay in focus you now have to be focused for another season because wow. I believe it was during uh, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. It was announced that you've been greenlit for a third season. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. And has this made you, how has this made you think about where you're at in your career and what you want to do next since you will now be the lead of a show that's going on three seasons. You're knocking right. out 16 episodes for second season. As I thought, make you think about the next stage. Hmm. Or what you want out of this? I don't know. I I, I have some ideas. I, I, you know, I, I like I like doing this job. It's fun. It's it it's comedy, uh, but it's done in an hour format. So there's you know there's serious moments there. Uh, this is the kind of comedy I like, as far as um, uh, like the last episode. You've got a alien i mean it can be so silly it can be very physical because he doesn't understand his body very much or he's in an alien form and he i mean there was one just the bits of me bumping my head into the shit that that was a series of me bumping my head into shit and saying son of a bitch that that (laughs) and then it escalated to mother of a whore i mean that's really kind of was a, a little section of of an episode this season. Um, I love that. Um, and just, you know, him getting lingo wrong and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what I do next. I think it's a, it's a really good question. I feel like I'm, I'm a, a lot of people have told me and it, it remains to be seen. So we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot. I've been told by many people, gosh, I couldn't have seen anybody else doing this role, but you, like this seems like this is the perfect role for you because it sort of plays into all the things that I have done or can do. Like you've seen bits and pieces of this insanity in, in different 
roles I've done all crammed into one. And, um, you know, the robots, the CGI, the physicality of the, all that stuff, sci-fi for sure, the, the humor and the comedy that I've done in the past. Uh, but I'm wondering, is it going to be my Urkel? That's the fear. That's, that is, that is, that's, that's the fear that like every two, three months, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, <gasps> that's, that's the thing. It becomes not just nobody else could do this. It becomes, this is all you can do. You know what I mean? But we're also talking about not a role that, not your first role out of the gate, not your it's first true. break and, and not the, not the uh, only thing that you would be known for considering. Right. I mean, I, 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 I keep up with you anyhow, but then I pop onto IMDB and things like that just to be like, have, have I missed anything in research? And I'm like, damn boys got like a bunch of other projects I wasn't even aware of on, right. on the horizon. So it's right. not like you're, this is necessarily the only thing. That's true. That's my, that's my actor insecurity. Um, I do, I do find that in this time off, since we did 16 episodes this last season, and it was very, uh, it was hard. It was hard, <laughs> hard season. Um, that I've turned down more work than I've accepted. And I, I think that's new. So I don't know what that portends or anything. I just don't want to do anything, uh, just anything. It's not that I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do just anything. Um, if the, a lot of times I've done things because I, I could do a project because I like a moment in the, in the whole script. I'm like, oh, I gotta have, I gotta play that one moment. Um, I, this is, looks like a fun bit to do. Um, and, or I've worked with directors that ha haven't done much and it's, uh, it's a low budget thing, but it's got a great story to it and just gone, you know what? Let's give it a shot. I, I've kind of been burnt on a couple of those. <laughs> it's like, I'm, hmm. I don't know that I want to just jump in on somebody who, the, it's, it, filmmaking is very hard. And when you, you know, the lower the budget, the harder it becomes. Uh, it doesn't mean, there, it doesn't mean that big budget movies are easy by any stretch. Those, those tend to have their own complications, but, uh, yeah, it's it can be it can be frustrating to work with someone who's learning as they go. I don't like knowing more than the, my director. <laughs> I like I like the person in charge to know more than me. Yeah, because uh, it's not really my place to tell a director how to direct. I'm not. I mean, you're you're collaborating, but I just I think that says it better. <laughs> I, yeah. I like my director to know more than. So I've, well, I've in been this, saying no a lot. In this newest episode, Harry, a parent, which just aired, we have Harry essentially learning how to be a bad parent from Asta's newly discovered mom, uh, even though this is not necessarily, uh, while Harry is on this quest for this little alien baby that's out there, it's not as if he's ready to be a proud daddy. It's just that that alien baby has information he needs still yeah. how might this encounter with asta's long lost mom shape him 
Uh, I got to kind of remember this because <laughs> I haven't, you've seen more than me at this point. Um, uh, but I did it. How might Asta's long lost mom shape him? Uh, especially because without, I mean, we're, right, we're cheating here because she, I've already seen a couple episodes ahead, so I can also yeah. answer that, but that's, we can't get there. <laughs> so how it, how does it do it? How does it? I don't remember. We shot it so fucking long ago. Let and me tell you about this show that you're on. It's called Resident well, Alien. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Why don't, why do I not know? I should have seen these. Um, um, uh, what? You know, all I have to do is tell Chris Sheridan, hey, you got to let me see these things and he'll let me see them. So why don't there, I do that? There's this beat and it's in the same episode. So it's not spoiling okay. anything. But after, after they have this very terrible interaction with Asta's yeah, mom. But, who yeah, who play, was played very wonderfully. I remember I really liked the actress who played it. She's a local actress. So I'll remember things like that. Like, oh, I like, I like how yeah. she's playing this. She didn't play her as this awful person. She just played her as a person who just didn't give a shit about yeah. being a mom. And not everybody's supposed to be a mom. Apathy can be a really difficult uh, um, lack of emotion to play, it seems like. And, and yeah. that's kind of how she did it. And and then there's this this moment in the the car afterwards, Asta and Harry are talking, and he tries to make right. her feel better. And then they're just kind of riffing on how much of a piece of crap the mom was. Right. But he right. he kind of comments in the VO that it's it's I forget precisely, but it's about being bad parents. But it does seem like he gained some sort of awareness out of this. Yes. Uh, I I can kind of skip ahead. I mean, if you don't have anything to say about that, there, there's a, the really okay. big moment in the episode that just aired that we uh -huh. can talk about. And yes. that oh. is this revelation that the Greys are the bad guys. And when when this was presented to you, when you read the script, why did this kind of strike you as a, a big deal that it's we, we thought we thought it's going to be these other guys. And then it turns out to be the guys that, you know, let's face it, they're, they're, sometimes they're viewed as the nice guys. They're not just the proby ones. Why was this a big moment, a big revelation? Oh, it's great. It's it's Harry encountering another alien race. He's mentioned them before and talks about them and he hates greys. He's mentioned he doesn't like them. They 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 probe you and they he's he talks about them being the ones who yeah are mostly focused on your elimination holes, I think is what he called refers to them as. But uh he stop they stop time, you know, the the aliens stop time. They they're very powerful. Like that's not something Harry can do, just stop everybody at once. It's a like sorcery and uh so he he get he gets out of the and gets out of the truck it happens on highway and you know you get that iconic uh beam of light coming down you know that taken that whole all those things we've seen and he has a conversation with a with a with a gray and it turns out that the grays are the ones they're the ones who are gonna take over earth and of, and of course, it's it's also we have a great voice actor uh, working on it, who, an iconic actor. Period. Uh, yes, exactly. yeah, not not just voice actor. He yes, he's he's lending his voice to it. Um, we I wanted to get him into a motion capture suit, but uh, 
they said it was out of the question. Uh, I just, just to, just for the Christmas card photo, but uh, yeah, George Takei, George Takei. I mean, in, in sci-fi, he's, you know, he's, you don't get any bigger than that. Did, um, do you have any anecdotes or insight as to how you guys did land him for that? Was this, I mean, cause certainly you've interacted with him at cons and things like that. I haven't. No, I haven't. I, I, the most I know, I've never met him. I've never, and I didn't even meet him for this, which is crazy. We, here's, <laughs> I wanted George Takei. Uh, and uh, our, um, our producing director, Robert, wanted George Takei as well. And there was some discussion of some other names, possibly. And I said, can we, there were written lines as what needed to be said, sort of information they needed to get out with the character. And I said, so I, we did those. And I said, let me just do some in case we get George Takei. And I did lines that are the ones that ended up in there about, cause you know, his, he says, oh my, a sort of his signature thing, you oh my, that he says. So I did a riff on, it was just me standing out in, in the cold on this road going, oh, you're what? Mine <laughs> or yours? What? I'm confused. So you're saying yours? Mine. Why don't you start over again? And, uh, and then they filled in the other side of the conversation. And I just, so that's how that worked. It, it's this. <laughs> it sounds so slapdash, but it's really <laughs> kind of how we do this show. It's a lot of like, we're like, oh, let's get When I say it's hard, I guess it's kind of part of it. It's fun because of that. It's like, we're making a thing. But it is, it's done like that. Like, I got an idea. Let's try it. Can we get him? I don't know. Let's go for it. We, it's showbiz. The, it's a, and it's a great, it's a great moment, not just because of George Takei, but because we see Harry's species interact with another species. And, and that's the gray kind of comes off as a bit of a know-it-all and a dick, but also a little bit more powerful than Harry. And that puts Harry in perspective because from the viewer side of things, he has been the most powerful thing that we have seen right. on Earth. And now it's like, well, he may not be the big alien on campus or on planet Earth. There's, no. there's bigger threats, bigger deals out there that could even be intimidating to our, our alien. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, he's scared of them. He's scared of them. Like he's, and then every time he's referred to, he's like, ah, they're awful. They're awful. They're awful. He's not, it's never been, oh, don't even talk about the grace. They scare me. It's, it's always been, he's just sort of derogatory about them. He didn't like them. And now we see it's based in fear. Does that give you a little bit more to play with as an actor? Because this now adds another dimension to the Harry that has been on Earth and just, you know, pretty much looking down on humans. Yes. And it gives us where we're going to go in season three, too. You know, we've got, we've got a more powerful alien race that is, that is claiming Earth. And... That's Asta. That's that's you know, he doesn't really care about all the humans, although he's caring more and more bit by bit about this group, his friends, and um, starting to care about his his child a little bit. Um, uh, still hasn't given him a name. Um, <laughs> he's 
he's going to though. I think I think that's that's I can I can spoil that. It's coming. See that that, that was another joyful thing that we got to kind of put in. Um, uh, can I can I name him? Can I name him? I mean, you can name him. We'll cut it out and then save it for when it is. But give, oh no, no, I don't want to know. But that that's how it went. That's how it went with Chris. Can I name him? Let me name. Oh, him. he doesn't. He doesn't have a name. I want to name him. And then I'm like, can I? And he's very generous with that. I'm like, so in this scene, I'm gonna try out a name here, a name here, and a name here. And then in this scene, I'm gonna try out a name here and a name here. And I'm here, and I'm gonna settle on a name. And this is the name I want to settle on. And he's like, all right, cool, you got it. <laughs> Will we actually get to see that play out in in yeah. episodes? Oh, yeah, okay. No, I think it's in the final episode this season. You will see my naming process of my child, and I'm very I like I like name I like naming things, so it's fun. Uh, I I do look forward to that. I I I, I do want to just shift slightly. Um, just ask you a question yes. about the your appearance on Harlequin because oh. it's been. A, really enjoyable show and you right. you appear as the joker and we give some dimension to him and then i of course you appear as clayface and clayface and and alongside an animated james gunn which is surreal in real life and an animated life because your wife choreographed the opening sequence the the title sequence of the peacemaker show directed yeah. and created by james gunn was there any interactions with James Gunn about the choreography? Are we are we workshopping new peacemaker uh, chore <laughs> like dance sequences? Anything so we, uh, to that degree? We had. I think I was. I was recording my stuff with James while I I didn't record with him, but I was recording the stuff in the scenes that played with James. While Carissa, my wife, was choreographing the Peacemaker dance, opening dance, and um, which there was a really cool thing at Dragon Con where there was a really good Peacemaker there, and a bunch of people did the did, did dance, very cool. Um, and I saw him. So the the day of filming, because I I was her proxy dancer because before she worked with the cast, she taught the dance to me and and choreographed it on me first. And because it was COVID days pre-vaccine, there was really no, she couldn't even work with other dancers at that point. So um, it was me and then it was me and other dancers. And then we all left and it was the cast. And on the day of the cast, it was only like, she only had like a few days with them. When they were filming it, I came by to watch the final filming and James was there and I mentioned it. I was like, hey, we're working together right now. What? Clayface, Clayface, and and he's like, oh yeah, oh right, yeah, <laughs> I love that show. He has many things going on. He was, he was finishing up. He ended up directing so many of those episodes, and then he also, because at the beginning he wasn't anyway. He directed many of the of that entire season, much of that entire season, and then uh, went on immediately, like immediately to do Guardians Three. Ah. I don't know how. I, I honestly do not know how he does it. I don't I don't know how actors do that, go from project to project to project, like the big actors who do those things. But as a director and a creator and a writer, that's just that's even that's multiplied by so many times the job that you're taking on. It's There's impressive, just such impressive fella. 
that's that's such irony for you to be saying that because <laughs> you're the person that when I'm like, oh, you know, gonna go do an interview with Alan Tudyk. Oh, the guy from uh, yeah, Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, but also the guy from uh, Frozen. Yeah, the guy from Firefly. Yeah, same one. Oh, Stephen. <laughs> P- yep, same one. So th- for you of all people, I don't right. really think you get to say that. So <laughs> right, right. There's a different. There's another level. There is definitely another level. I I wish I could remember what he came from. Christian Bale. When I met Christian Bale, I did a, a movie. 310 to Yuma with Christian. So I'm doing Doc, whoever the hell I was. The Doc who's like, guys, this is Comanche country. Everybody else is like, let's go get him. And I was like, I'm cold. Uh, so <laughs> I was playing the Alan Tudyk role, but he, sh- he was there and he had just come back. Oh. No, he, he just, he was going to go film uh, either he just finished doing Batman. I think he just finished doing Batman with Heath. And he had like two days off and then he was starting a new movie. And then he had a day off and he was going to another one. I'm like, buddy, you're gone from Bruce Wayne to the lead of another movie with Russell Crowe where you're now, and he's English. He's not even American. He's just flipping between characters and he's going to another big one. Anyway, that's the next level, dude. Yeah, that's he's 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 incredible. Well, if you'll permit me to ask about another role, um, and Mm -hmm. I'm I am aware that you are not in this season of Andor as K2SO. But the the question I have about K2SO is that um, Diego Luna just mentioned that he had when he went stepped in to do Rogue One, he had a backstory for Andor. And it, it just made me wonder. When you first approached K2SO, did you come up with a droid backstory for him and anything that you would at some point want to execute? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we used to go over it, uh, Diego and I. Like, I, I think the beginnings of Andor, what the prequel, like he and I used to talk about it on set, um, what ended up becoming Andor. Like, it, you know, so there was like, and I think I was always pushing more for like a tango and cash sort of relationship, <laughs> sort of like a a duo. We're just out there, but we're spies. We're spies during the empire. As far as my backstory, there was like stuff. There were some, my audition scenes, there was an audition scene that I had where I had assumed or it was told to me that he was recently captured and reprogrammed, that he had just reprogrammed me. And we were going into this orbit of a new planet. We were approaching a planet that we had never been to before that had a magnetic field that scrambled my circuits. And he slowed down and went faster and went like just talked a million miles a second and there was like this whole big chunk of dialogue that I had to go through where I was I was angry and vicious and then calm and kind and then like emotions were flying all over the place and that was my audition so I just kind of always took that as something that had happened at one point in the back uh back in in the past but I, I don't know anything about Andor I don't know 
I, I know that it was originally a five season show I had read and that every season was and it starts five years out from Rogue One. And then every season, it was a five season dealy, as they say in Texas. It's like a five season dealy. Um, was going to be each season was another year approaching uh, Rogue One. And now it is a two season dealy um, announced. They, they changed it. And the first season is one, is the, is, takes place over one year, five years out. And then the second season is going to, it's going to be four years up until Rogue One, all crammed into one season. Mm -hmm. And well, I don't know that I'm in it. I, 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 again, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Well, we know that you're in Resident Alien and having done many genre, much, a lot of genre work and interacting in this intergalactic world, I guess, that has become Resident Alien. If, if, maybe when, the mothership shows up in our skies, how do you think you'd react? I, I mean, I, I sometimes think that as a nerd, as someone that's talked so much about this stuff, on some level, I'd be kind of prepared for it instead of totally losing my crap. Or, or, or maybe I would just be like, yeah, kind of expected that, and then lose my crap. I don't know. But what would Alan Tudyk's response be if the mothership shows up? I think, I think probably, I think I'd have a big, oh shit moment that, you know, I don't think it'll be positive. I, I'm not, I'm not in the, of the mind that it's a good thing. <laughs> um, I don't think that, I, I think we could use some saving, you know, it'd be neat, but I don't, if, if I think through it, like even if powers that be were given you know, like you think like who would get the technology and you know, like who would they hand it to just normal people or would it go through our own system of power and government and, and then they would get corrupt you know it, it's it's not good i'll, I'll well, just wait to die and i'll meet them all in heaven <laughs> <laughs> oh do you think that's where you're going <laughs> <laughs> can i go to alien heaven <laughs> I don't know. I will say that I have done a lot of the UFO, I have done UFO conferences similar to the ones uh, portrayed at at uh, on yeah. Resident Alien. And I've obviously done a lot of comic cons. Yeah, yeah and, Giorgio Yes, and and doing these, you know, talking about this topic when you show up at those cons. It means that inevitably someone is going to accuse you of being a reptilian. Are you prepared for that when you return to to the Comic Con world? People being like, "You're you're part of the machine. You're a reptilian." Really? It's gonna happen. Are reptilians nice? I mean, I don't do mean things. I thought reptilians were awful people, like they're politicians. Well, they wear skin suits, and yeah, there are some politicians. I mean, I can think of one senator from florida who looks like he's wearing a bad reptilian suit um, oh yeah, or yeah. bad oh, human my suit. God. yeah the hair didn't take for sure no no and and, it, and it's that, and it's he's he's oddly like one of the balder people like you can have just as little hairs here him and still not read as as hairless that guy I, is is reptilian yeah he's lizardy it makes me think though that the other that it's like a dodge maybe it's a it's um 
the mm. some other race has put it out there to pose as reptilian because if he was reptilian you would think his reptilian buddies would be like yo uh a little too on too on the nose a little too obvious <laughs> yeah i i wonder does he like if he stands near like if he stood near this he suddenly would just become wood he'd like suddenly blend in the background and kind of gecko or 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 um uh what are the what are the ones that change their, their things? Chameleon. Uh, chameleon. Thank you. All I got he is geckos definitely, and in my head. He definitely unhinges his jaw to like just <laughs> eat the food. The- <laughs> this this was not a prepared question. <laughs> well, do they think? Well, do the do the people at those conventions? I haven't been to a convention in so long. Comic Con doesn't count. Uh, the one in San Diego doesn't count. Sorry. Doesn't count. It's not a real con. It's a Hollywood thing. Anyway, um, uh, snob opinion. Um, snob nerd opinion. Uh, that, what do they think? Is it going to be when they come a good thing or a bad thing, or does the opinion run the gamut? Uh, it's run the gamut based on the event I've gone to, uh, but some people think that it's a lot of, um, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's it's actors that are out there wearing the human suits that are trying to, you know, spread a message or whatever. Someone's going to say that on that show, when you uttered the, the click clack, uh, uh, Harry Vanderspiegel alien language, there was actually some signal in there. And then there was that scene where your eyes, you know, uh, your eyelids closed, uh, uh, vertically instead of horizontally or something like that. Hello. I don't know about all that. Uh, I guess I can just tell them that's not true, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trust pretty, me. Uh, I, I, wow. I've been a real sleeper cell then I've been, <laughs> you've just not been activated yet. Oh, I see. <laughs> and our guest is Alan Tudyk resident alien airs Wednesdays at 10. Alan, thank you for joining me. Everyone out there be kind. Stay spooky and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.